When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The movie that I heard getting buzzed about this weekend, and I think you wrote about it in the Friday uh, variety of Star Tribune, but um, Fire Island. Oh. That movie, that just looks so good. It's really fun. Is it? Yeah. And I think it might be the only romantic comedy we're really going to get this summer. What? I guess there's kind of one with Emma Thompson that is also actually a Hulu uh, streaming movie that's coming out in a couple weeks. It's kind of a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. but this is this is probably the romantic comedy of the summer. It is, and um, you loved it. You gave it three out of four stars, and it's streaming on Hulu. Yes. And, and does it take place on Fire Island? Fire Island is in the real Fire Island. It does in yeah. New York. Uh, it's largely it. So that is kind of a gay vacation destination in the summer. It's one of there's there's like five towns on mm. Fire Island, maybe six. So there's Atlantique. There's you know. So there's different. It depends. Providence or not Providence? I can't think. Provincetown. Of, Provincetown is the is boys town, girls town kind of a thing. Okay, so because there's like five or six other little towns or communities. I've never been. Oh, it's really it's a fingertip island, so it's um, yeah. Yeah, they have to take the ferry to get there. Yeah, you take the ferry. I have a girlfriend who has a home out there, and I'm going to Fire Island first time in like five years. But planes, trains, and automobiles, and water taxis, and walk. I mean, it's kind of a you know. Yeah, at one point somebody leaves, and the the character played by Bowen Yang leaves uh, because his potential romantic suitor isn't coming through for him. So he leaves in a huff, and then everybody has to follow him. And it does seem to be quite a production to get him to come back to Fire Island. Part of, part of the movie is set at a house that's owned by Margaret Cho, mm-hmm. who plays a lesbian, who has all these gay friends who come and hang out with her. But she's going to have to sell her house. Yeah. So it's the last gasp basically and they meet a bunch of sort of power gays who are staying in this modernist mansion and who are very confusing sometimes they're nice sometimes they're awful mm-hmm. and it's an update of jane austen's okay. pride and prejudice yeah so they all are looking for love and some find it some find it and how's bon yang in it He's good. Really good. Yeah. And I was getting a little sick of him on SNL because mm-hmm. he's always kind of this over the top yelling loud yeah. character. And in this he's much more subtle and his character actually is the one who kind of is going through something, deciding about, you know, whether love is for him and uh maybe not so into the party atmosphere of Fire Island. And he uh, he does a terrific job. Okay. And good. much different than anything we've seen from him before. And Chris, did you like the Downton Abbey where we go to the south of France? I did. <clears throat> you know, a lot of it you were asking earlier about and just like that 
where my response was I really liked spending time with those characters again. And to me, that's kind of the thing with Downton Abbey, too. They now have way too many characters. So the first hour... Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet, but um, it seems like that movie is going strong on word of mouth because I... It's still in theaters, and it you know it's maybe made almost fifty million, and it's two weeks that it's been out up against Top Gun. And it's an audience that hasn't, I don't think, been served by a lot of the other movies that have been in theaters too, mm-hmm. older perhaps. Um, but there are so many characters that, like, the first hour of the movie is basically, "Hey, you remember who this person is? Hey, you remember who this person is?" Above and below stairs. But then the second hour, it really kicks into gear, and Maggie Smith has a lot more to do, which okay, is that, the main that's reason our I'm favorite. Be, oh my gosh. The yeah, she's fabulous. Awesome. So, yeah, I did like it. And we get to go to the south of France. Right. And actually, that house they go to in the south of France is maybe even better than Downton is. Uh, it's just so, it has a stunning view and it's gorgeous. And I wonder where they filmed it. I wonder whose actual real house that was. I interviewed Elizabeth McGovern and she said it is a house <laughs> that F. Scott Fitzgerald used to hang out in when that set was mm-hmm. on uh, hanging out in the south of france so yeah i can't remember it's some famous person owned it yeah back then too all right um but yeah it's beautiful and in the movie the conceit is that the dowager countess has inherited this french villa and some of the family members go down there to figure out why she suddenly has this wealthy french guy leaving her property mm. it's got to be sex scandal scandal do you have is this like um a huge summer movie for you because it like the trailers that we saw because Casey and I went and saw Top Gun this weekend and we saw like four trailers of obviously we saw Jurassic World Dominion sure. and a couple other ones and then they showed a, a trailer for Easy Rider which is going to be in theaters for a couple of days. The original one from yes. 1969. Yes, oh, it wow. was just like it was so. I've never seen that before. But is it just uh, going to be? Because I know when you put out your um, summer guide um, a couple, maybe a week and a half ago uh-huh. for the movies that are coming out, and I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot because between the streaming and then what's going to be in theaters. Really a lot of movies. And most of the ones that were in that story are going to be in theaters. So it does feel like for the first time, really, since 2019, we are actually going to get a, a, a summer movie summer. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of stuff in there that, you know, summer isn't necessarily my favorite time of year for the movies because it does tend to cater to more of a teenage action yeah. adventure sort of an audience. I probably am more of a fall guy. Mm-hmm. But... um a lot of the stuff looks really good. Like that bullet train. Have you seen the, the trailer? The one with Brad Pitt? Yeah. That looks Does that good. Look great? I hope it's good. It's I, about a bunch of assassins on a on a bullet on train. On a bullet train, yeah. And then they showed they showed a trailer for Thor. I that looked terrible. It isn't a very good trailer. I'm kind of hopeful about it because it's Taiki with Taika Waititi. Okay. And Natalie Portman is, it seems, sort of taking over for Thor or helping Thor okay. or something. I don't know. There, I'm there's, there's a transition. It hasn't been determined, from what I understand, if his, uh, Hems, what's it, Liam Hemsworth? Hem, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth will be officially leaving that role, but they're, they're hinting at that she might be taking over that role. So there's a lot of intrigue okay. from the Marvel side of You couldn't where tell this from go. the trailer I saw at Top Gun. Like it was a weird trailer. It's, it's a bad trailer. I've seen that one too. And it, <laughs> it, it's very confusing about what they're even trying to sell with it. And right. maybe they're afraid to talk about the fact that, you know, Chris Hemsworth, who's been pretty popular, is yeah. potentially stepping aside. I don't know. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the trailer for Nope, the Jordan Peele movie, looks crazy good, even though I couldn't tell you what it's about. Yeah, it's very mysterious. It seems to be some kind of an alien thing, but that's about all the, the trailer tells you. But yeah, I like I like a trailer like that that doesn't feel like it has to tell you the whole story. I know. Just Ka- wants to get you with the mood. Casey's always like, they tell you too much in a tra- trailer, and I'm like, oh, what? you don't even remember something, you know, like an hour after we saw something. <laughs> what are you worried about? That a two-minute trailer... I don't know. Sometimes they, they give do away feel all like they show the, you the whole, the beginning, the middle, and the end. Yeah, it's an art. I think that's a, a underappreciated. Okay, so it. are there any movies? What are the movies that you're most looking forward to? So, Bullet Train doesn't come out until August fifth. Now, in your column, you said your entire summer hinges on this movie because it looks so good. It does look, good. and it seems like such a you know kind of a slam dunk summer movie too. Yeah. Um, the Jordan Peele one is definitely another one that I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to. I'm kind of curious to see what people are going to make of this movie. I happen to have already seen it. That is made by a Minneapolis filmmaker. His name, uh, he doesn't live here anymore. He lives in New York now, but he's from here. Mm-hmm. Named Andrew Siemens. Uh, it's called Resurrection, and it stars Rebecca Hall, who made that movie Passing last year. Yes. And she's been in a bunch of movies. And Tim Roth is in it. And she plays a college professor who starts being sort of stalked by Tim Roth, this guy mm-hmm. from her path. And we only gradually find out what the relationship is or was and why he's stalking her. And it is the craziest plot. I don't know if twist is the right word. It's the most out there storyline I can remember seeing in a movie that was kind of a major movie. And what's like, it called? Ever. Resurrection, it's called. And it's opening? Uh, I think it's August. It's either August 5th okay. or 12th. It's somewhere in August, yeah. And it'll be it'll be a wide release. It was at Sundance, and uh, surprisingly didn't make a bunch of a splash, but I'm telling you, it's crazy. It is. Okay, how about the movie that everybody walked out of at, or not everybody, a lot of people walked out at the Cannes Film Festival. Which, to be fair, has a history of people walking out of It movies. does, and it was uh, in 900 theaters this past weekend, and it's called Crimes of the Future, the Cronenberg. Yeah, I need to catch up with I have not seen it, but it has an amazing cast, Kristen Stewart, yeah. uh, Leah Sado, Viggo Mortensen, and, you know, he's known for button-pushing movies that are about... Head. Did he do Eraserhead? No, that's David Lynch. Oh, okay. But he did uh, Scanners. He and does he body did, horror movies. Right. Videodrome, the one with Debbie Harry. Pretty much if it's a David Cronenberg movie, somebody's going to end up with a big hole in their stomach. Yeah. And we're going to go in with the camera and see what's in there. And maybe a butthole in your back and sure. stuff like that. Yeah, It's very squeamish. I heard um, Don... On Jason's show, talking about just how terrible it was. Well, and he actually, even before Can, was predicting that people were going to walk out. So he did, the movie only it made a million dollars in nine hundred theaters. So that's what a thousand dollars a theater. Not very much. I mean, that's better than Jared Leto did. More of us. That is correct. That Almost is. four times better. How about, are there any good family movies that are coming up? I guess Minions would be the big one. There's Minions. There are actually a few animated movies. There's a, um, the there's one about, uh, is it called Paws of Fury? One about Superman's dog. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's definitely something for everybody. Oh, there's a DC super superhero pets 
movie. I guess that's a theme this summer. Um, so yeah, yes. okay. All I right. think there's going to be. I think there's a. Oh, and there's Lightyear, which is the prequel yeah. for Buzz to Lightyear. Toy Lightyear. Story that comes out in two weeks. Okay, that looks all fun. right. Very good. Listen, we're with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. When we come back, we're gonna uh, talk with Holly and get the dirt alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Holly. Hello, Lori. Hello, Chris Hewitt. And hello, Grant. Welcome to your Monday Dirt Alert. Something that you can go and check out right now at mytalk1071.com. And Lori, I sent this to you. I slid this into your DM. It's a picture of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's daughter, Lilibet. Oh, she is adorable. She is very adorable. The photos are online right now at mytalk1071. And uh, we're seeing these pictures. She celebrated her first birthday with a backyard picnic at Frogmore Cottage in England. She's a little redhead. She is a little redhead. Uh, the family had a casual, intimate backyard picnic on Saturday at their cottage home over in the UK. And she's all smiles. Lily is what we're calling her for short. Mm-hmm. And she was playing in the backyard. And she's wearing a blue dress, a little white lace bow in her hair, and definitely taken after good old dad. Oh, those Spencer jeans are strong. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked. Uh, she's very adorable. So you're going to want to go check her out. Yeah. 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 So uh, cute. So cute. It was Lily's first visit to the UK over the weekend. Mom and dad, Megan and Harry, celebrating the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Uh, moving back to the world of Hollywood, um, Nev Campbell is leaving the Scream franchise after 25 years. But Chris was wondering if she's just, um, you know, negotiating out loud. Uh, well, you know, she said, Nev Campbell, sadly, I won't be making the next Scream film. She released a statement today. As a woman, I've had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. She said, I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. By the way, the Scream franchise has made $744 million globally at the box office. So, Chris, you think that this is a negotiation tactic for Nev Campbell? Who announces they're not going to be in a movie? (laughs) I just feel like there's a there's an agenda here. Uh, Well, she did say it was a very difficult decision to move on. And uh, she was thanking all the fans, uh, you know, obviously making it clear that it's not that she doesn't want to do another Scream movie. It's the fact that she was not valued in the way that she deemed fit for her role. So fans, please write to Miramax to tell them that you need me to be in the movie. Well, do you think that fan a fan campaign would be enough fuel to get Nev Campbell, to get the producers to want to offer Nev Campbell a better deal? I bet it would. Yeah, I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Uh, why are they always trying to screw the women? Mm, yeah. Well, Lori. Mm-hmm, I know it. <laughs> Welcome to the world. Well, we shall see if that works for Nev Campbell or if she's truly leaving uh, the. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Scream franchise after 25 years. We'll see. Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan have broken up. Yeah. People exclusive says that Lori Harvey wasn't ready to commit to Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. The source says that she is moving on. That source also telling People Magazine that Lori Harvey realized that they weren't on the same page. And uh, while she and Michael B. Jordan were making plans for their future. It means he was ready to settle down and she wasn't. I mean, they have 10 years between them. 35 and 25. You are more ready to settle down at 35 than 25. Yeah, but everybody in the world is ready to settle down with Michael B. Jordan. Well, <laughs> not Lori. Lori's a baller, man. She's uh right. There she's... were blind items and gossip saying that she was spotted on a yacht in the French Riviera mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Not Michael B. Jordan's yacht either. Right. So, and she's gorgeous. And he probably wanted to settle down, and and uh, she's already deleted all the photos of him on her Insta. Oh, so no yeah. love lost. No love, no love lost there. Oh, well, you know, Michael B. Jordan. I feel like if settling down is something that you want to do, you'll be able to find somebody to do it with. Remember when Blake Lively dumped Leonardo DiCaprio, and she was like twenty five. Oh yeah, you're not twenty five is young. Oh, very young. You're still, you know, yeah. I mean, I suppose just thinking of my own time at 25, it was like, bye. Was this was this ever suspected of being a, a fomance between Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey? You know, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that they really were fond of each other. Mm-hmm. It got really uh, serious pretty quickly, and they were not shy about showing public displays of affection with each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it is probably one of those things where they want different things. In 25, 35, you're making different life choices. Yeah. And you know what? Not everything ends in a fairy tale. Not everybody was meant to end up together. That's right. Oh, that's but a- he's going to have plenty of options. You know, yeah. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan's going to be just Mm -hmm. fine. (laughs) Um, uh, In the world of movies, let's go back to movies. According to uh, the makers of Deadpool 3, this will not be a Disney-fied film. It is going to absolutely be rated R. This, according to the writer of Deadpool, uh, both of those movies earn more than $780 million worldwide. And a lot of people were speculating when Fox was purchased by Disney, did that mean that Disney was going to make Deadpool? PG-13 to get all those butts in the seats. No, No. it is not. Thank you. Yes. So we cannot say anything more about that because there are things that I can't say on the radio. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Casting news this afternoon. Season 5 of Fargo is underway at FX. Juno Temple, John Hamm, and Jennifer Jason Leigh. What a lineup. Yeah, they have all been cast in the anthology series Fargo. And uh, Noah Hawley, still on board. We don't really have any details about season five of Fargo. The last one, season four, was the season that starred Chris Rock, and it took place, I believe, St. Louis, 
if Kansas, I'm, if yeah, Kansas, City, Kansas City, St. Louis, yeah, mm-hmm. all of, so, um, yeah. I really liked that one, and it didn't it didn't get as much buzz as other Fargos, but I thought Chris Rock was amazing in that one. And Jesse Buckley. And Jesse Buckley, she was cuckoo. Well, she was totally terrifying. Cuckoo. Yeah. And now, Jennifer Jason Lee has history with the Coens too, because she starred in the Hudsucker Proxy. Oh my gosh, that's right. Well, she was fabulous as a His Girl Friday Rat-A-Tat reporter. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, loved yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing that we really know about season five of Fargo is that this season will be set in 2019. Season four was set in the 1950s. And the log line for season five reads, when is a kidnapping not a kidnapping? And what if your wife isn't yours? Oh, all right. Yeah. You know, we seen Juno Temple. She was in Ted Lasso. Remember, she was in the show Vinyl on HBO. Yeah, that she, never really loved her. And she plays Betty Already's assistant in The Offer. And she's terrific. Well, fantastic. You know, John Hamm and Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, he's hitting it. And Jennifer Jason Lee has just wrapped four seasons of Netflix's Atypical. She did that. She wrapped it up last yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, looking forward to Prestige TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a little news, if you have an Apple phone, major updates to the um, the operating system 16. You're going to be able to edit your messages now. So take a screenshot if you're looking for receipts, because people are going to be able to go back and change those. Really? Yeah. That they've already sent? Uh, no, this is going to be coming in the fall. So this will, yeah, that they already sent. You're going to be able to go back and edit some things. So, wow. you know, just, uh, just you know, take your screenshots. And we still can't edit Twitter tweets. Mm-hmm. We still can't edit Twitter tweets. You got to go back and delete it or just be like, my bad. Yeah. Let the typo live on because it's Twitter. Remember I DM'd you one time and it came out as a tweet. That was so funny. <laughs> yes. I was just like, I was like writing you a message and somehow I tweeted it. Uh, one day we'll learn how to use it. But yeah, right. that day is not today. Thanks, Thanks guys. I've decided to have today's Sex Monday be movie oriented gay-oriented, and uh, Kevin Fallon wrote, uh, do you like him reading him in the Daily Beast? Do you ever read Kevin Fallon? Yeah, I read him sometimes. I like him. And he had an article today called Top Gun Maverick is actually the gayest movie of them all. And even though the weirdest movie star of them all, Tom Cruise, you know, has had the gay rumors about him. For sure. For sure. And... um, but he's a damn great movie star. And Kevin Fallon, the reason why he thinks that Top Gun Maverick is the actually the gayest movie of them all is he said, you talk to any teenage boy in 1986, when you say Top Gun, they're not thinking fighter pilots. Everybody's thinking of the volleyball scene on the beach. And yeah. in this movie, we see the Twilight Touch football game, everybody playing in jeans with no shirts, falling down. We even see Tom Cruise shirtless, looking pretty good. Oh, yeah. It's not lingering on him. I did kind of wonder how the shirts and skins thing went in that scene, too, because it's skins and skins. That's right. And so uh, um, I thought, well, you know what? I don't know if people, like, actually... Does a straight person think, oh, this is a gay movie? But anybody that, like, I remember my brother was like a teenager in 1986, and he just thought that was the greatest movie ever. I actually made that same argument about Maverick in my review a couple weeks ago. You did? And because, and I was saying to the, this to you earlier, all of those fighter pilots 
who are playing football and in class with Tom Cruise, not one of them ever mentions a girlfriend. True. Their names are stuff like Rooster, <laughs> yes. Maverick. Yes. Uh, the bar they go to is called the Hard Deck. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. They're Gosh, in a school named Top Gun. Right. <laughs> I mean, full of innuendos there. The oh. coding is there. Yeah, the coding is there, and even the making out the the love scene with Jennifer Conley very chaste. Yeah, the billowing curtains, and she's 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 it for love interest for anybody. That's it. That's the only bit of spark of anybody in the entire movie. Yeah. Which I, I, I kind of liked her I in. I liked her in it. I, I mean, did too. She yeah. did good. Yeah. She looked really good, too. They did something. She looked really, really good. Yeah. So um, it's, it is, um, I mean, Kevin says he speaks on behalf of a sizable segment of the population when he just said, we've got it. We've seen it. This is the gayest movie of the year. I have vivid recall of in the original <laughs> Top Gun in that that volleyball scene an actor named Rick Rosovich mm-hmm. who's not in the new one. In fact, I don't think I've seen him in anything for decades, but he was very good at shirtless volleyball. Yes, yes. And uh it's it's uh Dave Holmes uh recently wrote in Esquire that the Top Gun volleyball scene in the original movie is it homoerotic? It's homosexual. Oh, it's, what, it's even even. There's a scene when Tom Cruise gets up there, and I had to take a second. I'm like, are those his abs now, or are those his abs in 1987 when this came out? Because there's even a part where like he looks like he's 20 years old, and I know he's got the body, the physique, and all. They that. were filming though. Notice that Twilight filming scene. The light. Mm-hmm. Is there a gayer part of the day than Twilight on a beach? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I mean, I but mean, I mean, they were filming, so it was really shadows, soft, golden shadows. light. But I was like wanting a longer pan on some of the, you know. Torsos? Torsos, yes, I really was. It was moving too fast for me. Oh. And... Um, so, yeah, people are like, uh, that's kind of a funny story. And, of course, Tom Cruise, even if you go back to the first Top Gun, he was so impossibly ha- handsome and that hair. He's always had such good hair. Yeah, he does have good hair. And I've had, hair. had somebody say to me, oh, well, his hair is too dark. And I said, no, no it's not. Come on. He looks just God. fine. I wish, I wish more guys, I wish more straight guys would color their damn hair. I really do. If I could rock some black hair, I would, but this pasty red. Uh, oh, fight, you're a ginger. Yeah, you're it just fine. wouldn't. Yeah, that would be one hard look. It would. Yeah. I, I'd be blinded out in lights for sure. I was reading recently about how, in apparently the industry, it's believed to be much more difficult to color men's hair than women's hair because women's hair we're accustomed to the fact that it's maybe not going to be completely natural, that it will be colored and that that's part of the look. Mm-hmm. Whereas men were not yet ready to embrace that idea. So it has to be much better and effective, more effectively done. I mean, guys can, you can smudge your hair. Oh. That's a, that's a technique that, you know, people are using. Like I always think I always appreciate the rockers. The, the rockers will always color their hair. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but even Paul McCartney colored his hair. Okay, but Steven Tyler, whoever does his hair, it looks terrible. It's too dark. Mick Jagger, his his hair is perfect. It's okay. not too dark. John Fogarty, super dark. And you can tell when he's got a younger girlfriend because his hair will be real, real dark. <laughs> and yes, that can be jarring. Yeah. You know, but um, um, anyway, 
And then do you think Miles Teller is finally a sex symbol after Hollywood's been trying to make him happen for really long time? I think he might need one more movie step. Yeah. But I think he's close. Yeah. He didn't. He did a great job in this movie. And you guys can both agree or disagree with this. But he didn't really have him and Tom had some great cheesy, quick, little quick Mm -hmm. conversations. But it wasn't like what we're getting out of the offer out of him. Right. We are you know? getting, yeah. So I'm waiting for a movie where we get a little bit more of a in-depth side of him, and then yeah. we can cross that path, I would imagine. Well, I mean, there's a lot of iron cheekbones and jaws in Top Gun Maverick between Glenn Powell, <laughs> yes. even Tom Cruise, John Hamm, Ham, I mean, yeah. Miles Teller. The guy from um, Insecure. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Something. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting. Yeah, it. I can't think of his name. But yes, I mean, there was Who, just, like just fades in the background. He barely even has a part. But man, he looks good. Yeah, he really does. And maybe Glenn Powell, you know, they've been trying to make him a movie star since Hidden Figures. Yeah. And he apparently originally wanted to be Goose, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is interesting. Even Ed Harris looked pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks. He's got good. some cheekbones. Yeah, he does. He looks pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, thank you, Kevin Fallon from... Uh, the Daily Beast for giving us that. And then also, um, you know, I love a jock strap, Chris. You do. I, I do. I love a jock strap and I love how they look. I think they're so sexy. Do we want to talk about Michael Antkin in um, that Paul Newman hockey movie? Jockstrap. That's, that's got to be a senior a fan of. That, that is. And the thing is. Slapshot. Slapshot. Yeah, yes, the yes. thing is, is that on the runway, everything 90s. So I always think of Tom Ford with his double G, his thong underwear. They are showing on so many menswear lines, jockstraps kind of hanging out. On, you know, that sort of look. Not I'm, as undergarments, but as. Yeah, kind of like. Like how a woman will wear a G-string and oh. the old whale tail, and it would kind of be up and high. So you can see it over there, D'Angelo muscles. That's right. <laughs> and I really hope that we see some of that at some gay pride things, that we see the, oh. you know, the, the, the jock strap. I don't know why, but I mean, like one, uh, the guy from Gucci, he did a crystal-studded leather cod piece, and then, of course... You know, Elvis had a rhinestone-covered athletic jock strap. There you go. Why do you say that as if we all know that? I don't know. No. I don't know that. It sold on um, first dibs for 38000 in 2020. That's really? Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, huh. of course, Elvis is hitting theaters June 24th, and Austin Butler will be a sex symbol. In a rhinestone jockstrap. I we can only hope. We can only <laughs> if that happens, Lori will literally drop down. Oh, yeah. the I, I won't be able to handle it. She's all not right. gonna be back. Yeah. All right. Thanks for indulging me in kind of a crazy sex Monday oh, thing. Fun. It was, of course. It was fine tuned for you. Is this time Chris. for my Rupert Everett story or have we we've decided no on that one? I don't know how you would describe that I don't story. Know how I, would uh, we're just, I don't know how you would describe the Eiffel Tower. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, we're Chris and I are going to stop Googling jock straps right now. Is that what you guys have been talking about? Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love you guys. I know, I know. Honestly. Um, I can throw this on for you while you Google okay, it. Okay, like. yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> Kylie Jenner just uh, snapped a picture of herself in a Jean-Paul Gaultier trompe bikini, so that's where it looks realistic, with nipples painted on the outside. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. It's really... I don't... Get it? 
I don't really, yeah. I don't either. I don't. I mean, just go topless. Yeah. <laughs> show your boobs. For a $395 Three, naked bikini. That's what I was going to say. show your boobs. Yeah. Plus, I think those boobs were expensive. Yeah. That's a good point. And you can't throw real nipples on Instagram. But I love how you can throw oh. that on. You can have that. You can and have trompleol's nipples. What does trompleol mean, anyway? Fool the eye. It is. But men can have their nipples on Instagram, but women can't? That is correct. That's why every so often the free the nipple movement Yeah, and they've been also on up. TikTok. Mm-hmm. They've been getting away with it because they'll do random sneaking videos of breastfeeding. And it's an, it's an act of being a mother. So there's these guidelines that TikTok is battling right now. Because you could be scrolling through TikTok and there is a girl's boob hanging out. You could be 14, 10, 11 years old. Yeah. And I get it. She's breastfeeding. It's a beautiful thing. But that's a way to get around it. I don't know. Just a non-sexual show... nipple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. Why? What, what is the big deal? Some guys get into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Huh. I mean, I famously showed Julia's, Casey and I were watching the boys. Um, I, Julia and Bill, I think, had gone to Montreal. And we were watching the boys, and they were like, you know, in sixth and eighth grade. And we thought, let's watch Fright Night. Oh. Well, that is a racy movie. It is? Yeah. The remake or the original? The original. The original. Yeah. Huh. The original, and all of a sudden, bare breasts are on the screen, and the one boy is going... Oh my God! Slapping his hands over his eyes, and Casey's trying to fast forward, and the other kid is going, "No, Uncle Casey!" <laughs> and the other one's screaming, "Oh no!" And the yeah. other one's screaming, "No!" Yeah. For another reason. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we were, I kind of got in trouble with my friend Julia. Yeah. Because they told their mom, mm-hmm. and she's like, "What's wrong with you and Casey?" <laughs> And we're like, we didn't remember it being that racy. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of 80s movies that... Oh, Porky's. You could get away with more, yeah. Oh, yeah. PG movies would show bare breasts back in the early 70s and 80s. And Yeah. I mean, I remember going to uh, Jerry Maguire with my parents back in the day because it was a sports movie and a big thing. And then there's that scene in the beginning where sitting between me and my mom and my dad was yeah. a little awkward. And mm-hmm. my first exposure, Caddyshack. And I think I've oh. told you this. We were a golf family, so... That one never got blocked because it was about golf. golf. So I was always allowed to watch that one, and I got to see some naked girls in that one. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay at times. Well, I mean, yeah. I They're going to find it have, on the internet. You, you know. can do anything violence-wise into PG-13 movies, but nipples? No. 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 That is crossing the line. Apparently. One mm-hmm. correction from Friday that I want to yeah. give you. I was talking about The Boys. The sh- you kept talking about The Boys over, and it reminded oh, TV me. Show. The TV show. The Boys. You talked to me, and you said that my boy Jensen Ank- uh, Ackles, Ackles from Supernatural. He did join the show. I did not know that. I watched it this weekend, and wow. Because, you know, he also joined Big Sky. He's yeah. got a beard. <gasps> I mean, he's changed. I mean, his look is so different from Supernatural. Maybe yes. he didn't recognize him. And he's really good in The Boys. So when you said that, I had said no. And then I watched it this weekend, and I'm like, I gotta correct that. And he is great in it. He's, is he? He's well. We, I mean, I love the guy, but yeah. And he's he's the show's great. He's a perfect addition to the show. So I just wanted to correct yeah. myself. And you okay. were 100 percent right on that last Friday. So. How about you, Chris? What are you watching for TV that you've just really loved? I was very resistant to until the actor Sally Winger convinced me that I should watch it because her good friend David Hyde Pierce was in it. The Julia TV show. Oh, loved it. That's I've heard that. B.B. Newworth is, she should totally win win an Emmy for that performance. She plays Julia's child's best friend and also 
kind of help around the TV show. Mm-hmm. But it's the period stuff is really good. Both all of the it, it's this amazing cast. Judith Light's in it too. She plays I love the head Judith of Knopf. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, and I kind of felt like uh, I love Julia Child, but right. I've read a couple of books. books I saw the movie. Money. I don't really need any more of her in my life. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because it's all about the creation of that very first season of the French chef and how she basically faced sexism and she had to put out her own money to even get the show made Mm -hmm. and she lied to her husband about it. Oh, that sounds good. There's a lot of really interesting stuff happening on that show. So that's, that's, that's my latest. What's Julia? What was that on? HBO Max. Oh, it was. Okay. Did you like Max or I mean, um, Hacks? Have, I have you finished that? I no, I watched okay. the first season, but okay. I haven't seen the second season. I've been uh, kind of saving it up a little bit. Oh, I think so we were. Good. I think I talked to you about this, but uh, did you ever watch uh, Minx on HBO? Or did you ever get into that one? The the story about the the girl trying to start a magazine about women's po- po- empowering women, and it turns into a nude magazine. Did you ever get into that one? Chris? No, but I, I need it. to. Did you like it? I have a very specific problem with it. What is it? Prosthetic penises. Oh, oh they I didn't know they do were... not look like real penises. Yeah, oh, I didn't they know they were prosthetics. Hang in a very strange way, <laughs> and I mean, I've seen some penises, and the penises on that show are problematic. Really, and it's they're weird because deep. the women are all are nude. Yeah, but the men are all. Wearing prosthetics. Well, they're not all like Jesse Williams, hung like Jesse Williams, where right. they gas, everybody gas, the set is cold, and people want to present themselves in a bigger way. I guess so, <laughs> I yeah. I guess. But it's a more impressive. It is a fun show, though. If like I think when we were talking about it, when you were on the air with us, you might have said, like, it would have been great if it really happened, right? And I think that might have been you, but uh, yeah, it w- it's a show that I wish would have been true. Yeah. It would have been great if that actually happened back in the day, if she put that magazine out. And a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, which I think was borrowed from the creation of Playgirl magazine, Mm -hmm. is really interesting. It is. Like, you know, trying to get it on grocery store shelves and all that stuff. I did think, and the the period details of the early 1970s, I really liked. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's also HBO Max, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. I think that's. Jake Johnson is absolutely fantastic in it, isn't he? Don't you think? He yeah. sounds like a guy who Ugh. would, like Jake Johnson, could there be a more like porno name? For an editor of a porn magazine? You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, he's I don't know kind why. of a chauvinist pig in the show. Yeah, so, yeah Jake Johnson's does. got a big Johnson. Yeah, you know, he, he did great in, um, did. well, in, um, what was we don't it? see it. New okay. Girl. Oh yeah, you don't see his, but mm-hmm. we, he did great and in New Girl. And it would be fake even if we did. <laughs> That's right. Prosthetic wieners are ruling. I did not know those were prosthetics. Good to know though. Well, there's one scene where there's a montage of people who are essentially auditioning for the magazine and it's just close-ups of their junk and I that, remember that that's real we don't see any of their faces but anytime there's an actor on the show who's supposedly naked they have a seven inch hunk of plastic hanging off of their mm-hmm. midsection. god that makes me feel better as a man a little bit yeah it, there it you sort of looks like hot you know dogs. yeah well you know it is kind of a hot dog I mean, I guess. <laughs> but better I better, right? <laughs> I know. I don't know. You'd think it's cable. They could do whatever they want. They could. So Maybe it's, it's obviously the, the men not. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the case. Yeah, they do not want to be. In a I mean, we room. can't all be Jesse Williams. No. Nope. That's right. <laughs> no, nope. one can wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So anything big going on for you this week? What are we going to read in the paper? What are we looking forward to? Well, I'm very excited to see the Jurassic Park movie, which is tomorrow. Me okay. too. I'm going tomorrow as well. Okay. And the Lightyear movie, which is the next day. Um, let's see. You're oh, I have a story about this 12 Angry Men musical that I mentioned is in the paper Wednesday. That show starts performances, preview performances on Wednesday. Okay. And I'm very intrigued to see how is those that at jurors... the Ritz Theater? It is at the Ritz, Ritz. yep, okay. in Northeast.
Chris, thank you so much for our good artsy day and filling in for Julia. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was super fun. Yeah. All right. Good. Listen, kids, we'll see you tomorrow. Julia will be back. Job done. Off you go.